Dissels, Dissels, Dissels. What's up, Dissels? Put on them sweatbands and lace up them boots. Let's get after it. What's going on, Dissels? Welcome to the most must-hear podcast across the universe. You are listening to Did Someone Say Soccer? And if you are new to the show, welcome. And if you're a regular Dissel, you already know who I am. It's me, Jordan. I'm joined today, as always, with Pablo, a.k.a. Nate. Nate, a.k.a. Pablo. Whoever you want to be today, you get to be that person today. Nate, Pablo, say what's up. What up, guys? And like always, I am joined with, uh, I'm joined by, or joined, joining me today, damn it, is LaFama Bonga Blake. Blake, say what's up to everybody. Hey, what's good? All right. We have a great show for you today. So, boys, you want to talk about it? Huh? Huh? Ring, 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 ring. A phone call. I know this is a podcast, not a live show. All right, we'll, we'll go with this. Hello? Who is it? Uh, you've reached the Manchester United Fan Club from Ohio. Who is this? This is, this is uh, Mauricio Pochettino, and I'm ready to take over that Manchester United job whenever you need me. Oh, Pochettino, hey, man. Uh, we might need you sooner than we thought because, man, we crowd down our legs. <laughs> Blake? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad, like really bad. <clears throat> and I, you know, we had the group chat going, and I, this is what scares me with with Ole is it feels like he was just like we have better players, just go out and play. No system, no plan, no. You know, I, I think I'm a pretty astute soccer guy. I I didn't see any real tactics being played, and it was just a sad lifeless, slow game. I mean, just there was no movement up front. We'd get the ball 40 yards from from their goal, and whoever had the ball would just, just look. And there was no movement whatsoever from anyone. So just a, a really disappointing game and just some poor performances. Pogba was poor. Bruno was poor. Just overall sad. And, of course, it was uh, a sad performance that Manchester United played against uh, Crystal Palace. Do you think that it was a sad performance on your end, or was it Will uh, Zaha saying, I'm ready, I'm ready to take the next step. Get me out of this godforsaken place and put me on a championship team, probably Chelsea, but I'll take Arsenal or somebody else if need be. Uh, do you think that he's playing out of his mind, or are you guys going to wake up anytime soon, Blake? I mean, I thought Zaha had a decent game, but I, I think it had more to do with um, United just played poorly. I mean, they 75% possession, 17 shots on goal, or 17 shots. Most of those shots were from distance. I mean, if you look at the stats and you didn't watch the game, you would assume United dominated. Um, overall, just a poor performance. And then... I mean, I don't, I don't put much, too much on Lindelof on the, on the second goal on that handball. I mean, that, that stuff just kind of happens. But, I mean, he got abused on the first goal by not being a tracker runner. 
And then on the third goal, I mean, that that's all on him. So, um, I think, you know, Crystal Palace is what, 2-0. I think they're on, they have already scored, you know, five or six goals, and they only scored 30 all of last year. So, they're actually playing much better season to season. But um, overall, I thought United was just very poor, and Lindelof had a, a nightmare of a game. Nate, did you uh, get to catch this game? What, what are your thoughts on it? I thought it was interesting. I mean, we're seeing things that we haven't seen from United ever. I mean, PK's being called against United and not going for United. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a change. I mean, I thought it was a, a good move for Crystal Palace not to go with the same PK taker the second time around and have Zaha go in there and just bury it. Dude, I'll tell you what. I, in the, you know, 20 years that I've actually been, uh, like, understanding the game, 20, 25 years, however long you want to take it, I've never seen somebody call back a PK because a goalie has gone off the line. That was insane. Like, that doesn't happen in real life. Have you guys ever seen something like that? I mean, the, the VAR on PKs is absurd. I mean, they showed that replay, and... You know, obviously is what they're trying to stop is guys from taking a step forward before the penalty's taken. They more or less called it because his foot was in the air, even though it was still like directly above the line. Like I thought that was a bit absurd. And and even then, like Lindelof it was a handball. Two years ago that wasn't a handball let alone a retake on a penalty. So um, I don't hate the PK call, um, but I think the retake was a bit bit bogus. So when are you guys going to start cashing in on some of these players? I mean, you're not getting the performances that you need from like Pogba or Marcel or Rashford. I mean, when's enough enough, Blake? I mean, I... And um, we're not selling Martial and Rashford. I mean, you have two guys who scored 20-plus goals in their early 20s. Um, and then, you know, for Pogba, no one's going to pay what he's, you know, you're going to lose money on the sell. You can't sell him at this point. So you're going to have to hold on to him for another season. Uh, um, I think they've got to look at how they're utilizing him. Um, you, you know, one of the, the things that I would have preferred to look at was get a true – holding midfielder, you know, not Conte, but a Conte type that sits in front of the back four and allows Pogba to get forward because that's what he did best at Uve. When you when you try to put him in a structure, I think he's been he, – he's just not his ideal role. Um, so, I, I don't know. You know, if we're going to look at selling people, you know, we played Walton or whoever today, and we had to run – McGuire back out there to play center back. So what's the point of having Jones, Smalling, Rojo, Twanzebe, if they can't even play against, you know, League One teams or championship, whatever they're in? Um, I think those fringe players is where you got to get go to go to for, you know, trimming that squad. But, um, you know, outside of that, I, you know, I think you're kind of stuck with what, we, what you have. Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting if COVID strikes like how it struck earlier in the uh, Caribou Cup, Blake, you're getting an Arsenal jersey, my man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I hope not. 
Uh, Nate, you got anything on Manchester United before we go ahead and move on? They need to make some signings here. I mean, there's what a week and a half left. They need to they need to start doing something here. I mean, I did see that uh, Dortmund said they're not going to get rid of Sancho, so I don't see that happening. And but I guess a good a good a good thing that we did see was uh, Van de Bleek come in and have a nice have a nice little goal there. And that's a positive for you guys. Yeah, I mean, based off that first performance, I mean, I thought center back was a position of need to begin with. It's it's even more now. I don't I don't see how how you run Lindelof out there in the next Premier League game. I think you got to look at Bailly. Um, you know, I, Smalling clearly wants to go back to Roma, but if he's on the squad, make him play. So, um, but this is the same bullshit with Ed Woodward every season. We wait till the very end of the the window then we overpay because we didn't get our business done early people know what we need and they they over overcharge and we end up paying so um you know it looks like they're going to sign that left back out of porto um and outside of that i don't i'm not, I'm not seeing anything that makes it look like there's going to be a, a you know a couple signings or anything along those lines all right man well hopefully it gets better but not too good. I definitely like where you guys are at in the table right now as it stands. Nate, switching to Arsenal. Top of the mountain, man. Take your five minutes to gloat and shut the hell up. Let's hear about it. All right. I wasn't too impressed with the performance, but if you would go back a year ago, this would be a game that we would actually lose. So I wasn't, I wasn't too uh, scared when they tied up right before the half. I actually went online and made another bet because when West Ham tied, it went Arsenal plus 200, and I put another bill on there, and Nikita came through in the 80-some minute and got the got the goal for us. Uh, there was a – Tierney did get an injury during warm-ups, so we had to throw uh, Klostinich in there, and Arteta did not make some uh, – changes from the prior game he had uh Saka in there for uh Malin Niles and he ran with uh with Danny in the middle and benched uh El Nenny uh, I think this game really showed that we needed a, a center mid we need a attacking center mid uh and not so much relying on Obama Yang but I will say Lacazette is on fire right now, and I look forward for him to have a good year. Blake, are you buying the hype? Up two games? I mean, they're they're sitting atop of the table, man. You worried? What do you think about this new and improved Arsenal under Mikel Arteta? I mean, they, they've, they've clearly started off the season well. But, I mean, let's not act like they're out here beating... <laughs> You know, I think they've played Fulham and West Ham. So, um, impressive start games they should win, they're winning. So, um, you know, obviously they're carrying some of that momentum from, um, you know, the preseason community shield ending the last season well. But, you know, I don't think anybody should be surprised if they beat West Ham and, and Fulham to start off the season 2 No. All right. So then now that you guys have these – Two tune-up games, if you will, next week, this weekend. Liverpool, 
big dogs, top of the mountain battle. Who's getting kicked off? Who's staying? Are you ready for it? Nate. I wanted to see a better performance from Arsenal going into this game. And we got the we got the dub, but it wasn't like a convincing performance. I will be thrilled with a tie in this game, a point. I mean, we saw how well Thiago looked the second half he came on when he had like 70-some passes and touches, and he just dominated that midfield against Chelsea. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting coaching performance from Mikel Arteta going into that game. All right, so then let me ask you this, Nate. Do you think that uh, Arteta's tactical skill set or formations and, you know, the little chess game that he likes to play against Jurgen Klopp's in your face all day long, do you guys think that your style will be able to combat that? Or is it just going to be the same story, different day for Liverpool winning? Well, well we're going to see uh, Zaka and Elneny in the middle again. And so it'll be interesting to see our forwards go against, say, Firmino, uh, who's playing uh, center mid, I mean, center defense, and going at actually some world-class strikers. And with Henderson and Thiago in the middle, it'll be interesting to see how they do against Zaka and Amnani. I think that's where the, the battle's going to be. And... I think that you're going to see a lot of long balls from Arsenal over the top. So we may have William sprinting out there, Abani sprinting out there. I wouldn't be surprised if Lacazette actually gets benched and have uh, Niketa out there So for more speed. Hmm. Blake, what do you think? Do you think that Arsenal has the tactical ability to go against the juggernaut of Liverpool? I mean, Leeds gave Liverpool everything they, they wanted in that first game. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, he step back and, you know, try to counter or do you go at him and, you know, and try to play in space. So um, I think, it, you know, definitely that Leeds game was exciting. They, they created space. If you give Aubameyang space, he's going to score goals. So um, excited to watch the game. And you talked about Thiago who was very good in that second half. But dear God, the love fest from those announcers in that game was absurd. <laughs> he would play an eight-yard square pass, and you would think, you know, he hit the crossbar from 40 yards out or some shit like that. Like, every time he touched the ball, they just talked about him for five, ten seconds afterwards. He played well. They were, you know, up a man dominating the game. You know, they acted like he was the second coming of Christ in that game. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, Nate, real fast before we transition. Do you think the way uh, Granite Shaka plays in that midfield, kind of like just an asshole who's going to, like, pick and he's going to get a card early in the game, having that liability there with the fast pace of, you know, speed of Liverpool, does that worry you a little bit? I'm not so much worried about him. I'm more worried about if we have like a David Luiz out there to get a red card within like with like a, a ten minutes. So I mean, he's more. I think he's more of a sneaky player. Like he's gonna he'll make a foul, but you're, he's gonna get away with it. And there's gonna be like multiple warnings given to him because it's not gonna be like one of those fouls that it's like a cleats up or 
like a karate chop to the face or something. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I you could you could even see him shoot. He he has a nasty shot outside the 18. So I mean, he's a great player. But let's talk about that Chelsea game. <laughs> Bring it, Jordan. Jordan. What, what happened, man? All right, so I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you guys, all right? I watched all games on Saturday. I watched the early game on Sunday. My daughter, Luca, comes to me and goes, Daddy, it's time to go to the park. And for any Dissel out there that knows when the daughter comes and says it's time to go to the park, come hell or high water, you go to the park. Now, while I was at the park, I got little updates on Twitter. <sighs> guys, it just didn't seem good. You know, obviously the Dissels have been listening since day one, and they've heard that episode where I told you guys that Kai, to the price, is too much of... It's not going to equate right. The thing that pisses me off the most about Havertz is the fact that he came out and said, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to meet this price tag. Come on, man. As a Chelsea fan, I don't want to hear that shit. I want to hear you say that I'm going to bleed blue, I'm going to sweat my ass off, and I'm going to make my tag go up. But instead... You look lost, and now, granted, you know, we're playing Liverpool's second game. It's We haven't had two tune-up games. We didn't get to play a chump team early on or whatever. But, you know, put in Kristen Pulisic, put in um, Zelich, put in, uh, you know, I don't know, guys. I have nothing for you. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that Lampard's playing a defensive style you know, I know that's Chelsea almost to a T, but it's about time that we use these signings and we push and we push forward. So I do hope that the silver lining lies in Kristen Pulisic coming back on. What do you guys think? It was a hell of a tackle. He ran him <laughs> down and wrapped him up from behind. It looked like a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was odd, even... You know, the starting lineup, I, I was surprised to see Conte and Kovacic out there together. That's, um, you know, I think that's kind of two defensive-minded players. Um, and with that, you know, Banner, Heberts, you know, you'd think they'd want to go attacking, you know, if they're going to with all these new signings. So I was kind of surprised to see that from the get-go. Um, I don't know, that, that tackle, the red card kind of ruined the game. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I thought Timo looked pretty good. He's, he's a lot more athletic than I, I thought from, you know, the, the bit I've watched him before and the Bundesliga, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to make any, I think you, you watch that game and you make any snap judgments. You're more or less, you know, quick trigger finger, you know, that red card ended up more or less ruining, you know, the outcome of that game. Oh yeah. Nate, you, you, you were a coach, uh, once once or twice before let me ask you this you just signed a new signing right he's your star forward you've had two games now where you've had a penalty kick why isn't timo taking these pks not only to get his confidence in scoring hell even having havertz take a pk but you know you, you can put the race for the the golden boot on the line with uh either one of those guys taking these pks why 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 are they not what do you think they haven't grown hair on their balls yet i mean they got to come up and say, I'm taking this PK. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that they're going out there taking charge yet. I think they might be scared that they're new and not saying, hey, I need to take this PK. But the bigger question should be, why isn't Mason Mount stepping up and saying, hey, 
This is my team. Why am I not taking this PK? Yeah, it just seems like there's a, I don't want to say lack of leadership, but more like lost leadership out there. You know, I, I don't understand why everybody who's a Chelsea fan at some point last year thought Mason Mount was the second coming of Frank Lampard and thought that he was going to be our future and probably going to be the captain within the next three or four years. Almost ironically, it kind of reminds me of like a Jack Wilshere type deal where you guys thought that he was going to be the man, but he just never really took over. But Mason Mount's obviously not Jack Wilshere. He's going to be better. I just don't know why he's not jumping into that role and saying, I'm the man, I'm the captain, give it to me. I mean, I don't know. I'm not worried, but I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed that we're not going full force. Why we don't have a doy on one side, you know, out there earning his money. Obviously, when Pulisic comes back, it's going to be a faster paced game. But I just don't want to put all of my chips in on Captain America. You know what I'm saying? So Pulisic comes back, right? Where does Mason Mount fit into this lineup? Uh, so when he you comes have... back, I think it's going to be more of uh, Timo. It's going to be Pulisic. Hopefully we put a Doy on one side, and then we go Mason Mount. We go uh, Kai, and then we have Zelich on, like, kind of behind them almost a little bit. We're going to have a defensive-style midfield, but, you know, we're going to be fighting for, hopefully, the goal is that we're all fighting to get time on the field because we're too good to, you know, just place these starters in there. I, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. I'm pretty sure you guys just signed a goalie too right now. I mean, you guys had a goalie come in for a medical. Yeah. Uh, was that going to be like your ace signing this summer? Uh, hopefully it's the only one that makes a difference. I'm just kidding. I, I hope they all make a difference. Uh, as long as he takes Kepa's spot, because there's not the meme out there where, you know, you have a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the fucking goal where you have this big presence, but a little baby arm thing trying to stop a shot. I don't want to see that. That's awful. You're the highest paid goalie, man. You can't even swat a fly. So Yeah, it's, uh, what was it? Mendy from uh, Rene and French, or France is where they're, uh, who they signed or about to sign. Right. I, I want to see a better... I want to see better from Frank Lampard. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he got these signings now. So let's see let, let's see that coaching where he fits all of them together get, and get them playing together. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward to when I'm watching Chelsea. Oh, yeah, I definitely do hope that when we get all of our signings on the field or everybody healthy, I, I am excited to see where this team can go. Let's talk about this. Do you guys think Leeds United is a team that plays to their opponent? So we watched the opening game where they came out on all cylinders and took Liverpool to the limits. And then the following week, they go against sorry-ass West, or Fulham, and they get pushed to their limits. Is this going to be the cardiac team of the season where they play up to the standard that they're uh, facing? Nate, what do you think? I think we're going to see like seven goals a game. <laughs> Let me watch these guys. I mean, I think I stopped watching it when it was like 3-1, 4-1 or something like that. And then I looked back on my phone and I saw that it was like 4-3. And I was like, damn, where these other goals come from? Because Fulham wasn't doing shit during the game mm -hmm. when I was watching it. Blake, what are your thoughts? Is it going to be uh, just popcorn? Get your popcorn ready every time Leeds plays? I think so. I think just when you play as open and as aggressive as they are, 
it's going to leave you open to win any game and lose any game. Um, so I'm excited for it. You know, after, you know, I'm not trying to watch Jose sit up there and park the bus and this, that, and the other. I'd rather see teams be aggressive and try to score goals, break on the counter, you know, play open. So, um, you know, I'm excited for it. But they've been impressive. That's they can't like. defend for shit, but they've been <laughs> impressive. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Did any other games stand out to you guys real fast before we end? Or go to break? Yeah, um, Song can fuck off because he lost me some money. <laughs> uh, all, I, all I needed was an assist from him, but the selfish bastard wanted to score four goals <laughs> instead of passing the ball off. I mean, Harry Kane, he looked like he's trying to be uh, Nesta or Zabi out there passing the ball trying to get assists left and right. And it's going to be, it's going to, that's going to be an interesting team when Bale gets out there because are they going to be, are teams going to be more worried about that front three than, than anything? Are they going to be sitting back and letting them attack instead of attacking them? So that's going to be interesting. Oh yeah. Flama Blanca, what about you? Anything stick out to you? I mean, Tottenham's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, they've got a lot of firepower, and that's not Jose's background and, you know, letting guys play free and whatnot. Um, I think kind of two teams that have stuck out to me, Leicester, again, starting off the season well, um, you know, beat Burnley 4-2, and then, you know, Hamas looked pretty good for Everton. That's an interesting yeah, team um, to see what, you know, I know I know Hamas doesn't have, like, a great run, but... You know, a few years back, world-class player, um, especially, you know, on the international stage, it's going to be interesting to see how much he can elevate them um, and maybe give them a little new bit of confidence that they probably haven't had just, you know, having that type of player, you know, boss the midfield for them. And you, are we going to are we gonna see Everton in, in at least Europa next season? <laughs> That's Pushing for that Europa? That's what I was going to talk to you guys about. I mean, it is so interesting. Have you, Dissels, if you guys are paying attention, you realize we don't give a shit about Manchester City. Sorry, Chance. Nobody cares about them. You're going to do what you're going to do. <laughs> Sign Messi, and then we'll bring you back in here. But the top of the table is, you know, one through seven is looking very interesting. It's just always jockeying for position. So I think that's something that we definitely need to keep an eye out. It'll be, it'll be fun. All right, guys. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, Dissels. Man, can you guys hear that stampede coming, man? The Yanks are knocking down the door, kicking down the walls, breaking down barriers. Woo, boy. If I were Mexico, I would be shaking. Blake, Blanca, man, talk about them Americans. Well, you're looking at uh, Sergino Dest. Um current right back for um, Ajax, uh, but he's going to definitely be on the move, it looks like, to either Barcelona or Bayern Munich. Um, obviously exciting as an American fan to have a 19-year-old American going to, you know, your Champions League uh, winners last season potentially, or I know Barcelona's kind of shit right now, but you know, obviously probably the best club in the world if you look at the last 10 years overall. So, um, you know, Every rumor I'm seeing is that's neck and neck with those two teams. Doesn't sound like anybody else is in. Um, you know, my preference would be that he ends up at Bayern um, just because their their stability compared to what's going on in Barcelona right now. Um, but it looks like in the next week or so, 
um, young American right back is going to be playing for Barcelona um, or for Bayern coming up this season. Yo, so let's think about this. Nate, as the, you know, Mexico fan that we let into our podcast for this portion, America has Weston McKinney playing alongside the sexiest man alive, and we have Sergio Dest playing against the most talented man alive. Come on, man. You've got to be worried a little bit. It's interesting. I like it. I like it. I mean, we did just see... Uh, Raul Jimenez score against. Okay, get out um, of here. You're you're cut off. <laughs> and, it, and it was not a PK. So, uh, no, that is exciting. I I personally hope that Desk goes to um, uh, Bayern Munich as well. I think that he can learn a lot over there. But moving on to a different team. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that uh, Brendan Aronson, who plays for Philadelphia Union, is on the move to RB Salzburg. And Austria, which I think would be a great building block for him. I mean, he'll probably get some time there, uh, develop, and then go out to the bigger clubs. And that's what you want as an American fan. You want to see our players, our young kids, go out overseas and play in these leagues. You know, even if it's a smaller club or a smaller league, you want that that experience and you have chances to play against some other stars that you know you're not going to get in the mls yet that day will come but until that day comes it's it's exciting you know we are uh, we're going to be on the right track and that's all you that's all you can ask for you know what i'm saying blake yeah definitely i mean anytime you're looking at teenagers you know having the opportunity to move to you know, clubs where you're going to be playing in potentially Europa or Champions League, you know, it's exciting. You know, I, I don't know a ton about um, Aronson. I know he kind of just came on to um, the scene a little bit this year, but um, you know, Nate's kind of talked to me a little bit about him. Sounds like he's um, he's been pretty damn good. So, um, you know, young Americans headed overseas, not the MLS, I think it's key to, you know, getting back to where we probably should be when it comes to, the international stage and at least qualifying for the World Cup. Oh yeah, for sure. Now we had mentioned this club just a little bit ago, Dissels. If you go back and listen to our previous episodes, we talk a lot about this club. Barcelona, what in the hell are you doing? Nate, talk to me about what Barcelona is doing to my man Suarez. So it, it, it looks like Barcelona gave Suarez an ultimatum where they said that you can go for free anywhere but Real Madrid, Manchester United, Man City, or PSG. You can't go to any of those teams. So what does he do? He tries to go to Juve, and he gets in trouble or something for the— he couldn't get citizenship for some reason. No biting allowed. And, then, <laughs> and uh so he ends up making a deal with Atletico. And what happens? The great club that Barcelona is, they think about it and they're like, oh, we're going to renege on this offer and you cannot go to uh, Atletico. Because they started getting flashbacks of when David Villa went to Atletico and ended up winning the league at Atletico helping them win the league, and they don't want to see that again. So apparently he threatened to get 
his lawyers and have a big press conference. And I guess I just read that Suarez just came uh, with an agreement with them, with Barcelona, and he's going to be Atletico player coming soon. I mean, all of this could have been avoided if he would have just joined the MLS, whatever. Blake, what do you think about Barcelona taking back their offer? I mean, it's damn near like them and Manchester United have just combined <laughs> to infuriate everyone worldwide. I, I think it's kind of, I mean, this is the stuff that Messi, I think, was trying to make a point when he said he was ready to go. Is You can't go to this club, but you can go to this club. Oh, but you want to go to that club, and then we're going to change your mind. I mean, if they can't make a, to me, I guess, a simple decision like that, in advance, thinking about, hey, like, probably don't want to send him to another top-flight team in our same league, but he can go to all these other teams. If they can't figure that out, they can't figure out long-term, you know, plans, I would, I would have concerns on their scouting and their, um, and their transfer policy. So I think it just continues to show they don't know what the hell they're doing, um, and the, overall the club just has poor leadership. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. It would be so frustrating to have your heart set to go to a team and then you just get pulled back to a place that you're trying to leave. I, you know, I, I feel for these guys that want to leave their clubs. You put in your time, you put in your effort, your club's going to hell, you want out, they won't let you go. But, like I said, come to the MLS, no one's going to stop you. Now let's talk about another big name leaving a big club. Alvarado Morata. Nate, where's homeboy going? It looks like he's going back to Juve. I mean, he did have a great, he did have a great season when he was there, and I think I don't know maybe Pirlo liked playing with him, and was like, hey man, why don't you come back? We'll get you. You can be uh, Iguain's replacement. And I don't know. I mean, maybe he's friends with uh, Ronaldo. They did play together at uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, they played together, all right? I'll never forgive him for that pooper that he put up when he came to Chelsea. Unbelievable. Blake, Alvarado Morata, what are your thoughts? I mean, has there ever been more hype surrounding somebody who's produced nothing? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, he's, he's been, like, like he's a solid player, but, yeah, I'm kind of scrolling through some stats here. He's, he's barely broken 20 goals once in his career. I mean, so what? I mean, Nate thinks Martial's trash, and he, he, he eclipsed that last year, and so did Rashford. And, you know, I just, he's a solid player, but to continue to bounce from world class club to world class club, like, I don't, I don't think he's that type of player. I don't think he's produced at that level. So um, I think he's a good signing um, because he'll beat up on some of those bad Italian teams, getting, you know, some dimes from Ronaldo and, you know, McKinney out there just playing playing passes all yeah, over the buddy. place. But I don't know. I, I think he's an above-average player that plays for, for clubs that might be maybe above his his overall talent level. That's right. Think, That's right. Alvarado Morado, you are overrated. Stay the hell out of the MLS. At least until you're 50, so, then you can come. Nate, what's up? I read this tweet on uh, online on Twitter, and – it said that Morata has had five transfers since 2014, a total of $245 million. Good Lord. And 
during those five years, he has never scored more than 15 goals in a league. And the only reason why they think that this is possible is because they think it's being used as money laundering. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, for that type of money, I will score more than 15 goals, whether I have to crawl or whatever. I will get you 15 goals. I'll launder the money. I'll wash it. I'll even wrap it up really nice for you, too, while we're at it. But, man, that's insane. PSG are going after Deli Ali. Can you see Deli Ali play with Mbappe and Neymar? Dude, it's going to be like a boy band. Unbelievable. That would be... Oh, ugh, Blake, take over. I mean, it reminds me of you and Nate out there looking <laughs> like a boy band. So, <laughs> back when you had hair, at least. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I like Deli Ali. I, I think he's a terrible fit from... I don't think his personality works with Jose whatsoever. Um, and it's been... You know, even last year, he wasn't at his best. So maybe he just needs a fresh start. Um, you know, he could play in a team, you know, there where he's not being relied upon as much and he can kind of come in and come out of games. And, you know, Neymar and Mbappe could make me look good, you know, hitting in some passes. So... I think maybe a fresh start for him might be might be good for him. Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody that can make you look good anymore. That time has passed. Facts. <laughs> All right, so my head is just twisted right now. I am, like, dumbfounded with the Netherlands because the Netherlands just signed Frank DeVore to be their next coach. We just saw his master class coaching – and the MLS is back tournament for Atlanta United. How many games did he win? A big fat zero. A fucking goose egg. I mean, this dude was sacked in three months at Inter Milan. In 10 weeks at Crystal Palace, he, he scored. He, I mean, he lost all matches and only scored one goal. I mean... What are the Netherlands thinking here? Uh, they're thinking they signed uh, Murata, apparently. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what they say. You know, when the MLS is too fucking hard for you to coach in, go coach international. I, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Trademark. Uh, he must have a I picture mean, I mean, or something of somebody. You're, you're the Dutch... You're the... You're the Dutch national team. You should have some pride. You should be able to get world-class coaches to come and coach these world-class players that you have on your team. All I can see now is, like, Depay just running the team and dancing and making TikTok videos in the locker room and DeVore not having a fucking clue what he's doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. That that that's interesting. That's interesting. I I I am mind blown when you told me that, dude. I, my head exploded a little bit along with yours. I don't understand. Nothing he did at Atlanta United made sense. I mean, you can say that Joseph Martinez wasn't there, but if you're gonna tell me that your only coaching success relies on Joseph Martinez, then what the hell? You guys remember when uh, Jose Mourinho called him the worst coach in the Premier League history? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. 
All right, Dissels, I appreciate you guys staying with us. That was a fun episode. Unfortunately, Derek didn't get his permission slip signed. That, or he's still embarrassed by the performance of Manchester United, we will never know. Let's go straight into final thoughts. My final thoughts. Boises, did you see the MLS's released new schedule, however the hell they're doing it? The crew, man, every four to five days they're going to be playing. I love it. We play some shitty teams, which means we're going to continue to climb atop of the supporter shield, and we will be holding that trophy in the end. Do you hear that, MLS teams? The yellow submarine knocking down your door. Actually, we're kicking your door down. Get the hell out of the way. Here we go, boys in yellow. Blake, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Manchester United was horrendous. And then even today in the Caribou Cup, they had to bring all their normal guys back in to score goals. So Rashford and Bruno um, always got to pick it up. Um, and then second item is NBC putting almost every game this past weekend on Peacock was absurd. And they were getting destroyed on social media. And then I see this upcoming week, most games are back on NBC Sports Network. So, um, yeah, I just, Brought us up before. It seems like the wrong time during a worldwide pandemic to more or less make EPL fans in the United States pay extra money to watch games. I think it's absolutely absurd. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, I think if you at least put every game on Peacock, that people would be like, all right, well, I can watch every Premier League game. Fine, I'll spend the extra five bucks a month. But to only pick and choose which games is absurd. So. Those are my final thoughts. All right, Nate, take us out. Arsenal, get the deal done. We need a war to come in, take that attacking mid position, and take over for Arsenal. I will be happy with one point and a good performance from Arsenal against Liverpool, but I think it's going to be a lot harder this time around than it was last time. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see three points from the crew against Minnesota. They took you out of the tournament. Get that revenge. Get them out of here. Let's keep rolling, crew. I want to thank everyone for listening. Continue to show us love and support, and we will continue to bring you great content. Remember to tell your friends, tell your family, just don't tell Derek's girlfriend. I mean, I don't know about the great content, but we'll continue. <laughs> yeah, well, we will put out a podcast. <laughs>